reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. For the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, And then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. Gospel of the Lord. Yesterday we spoke about the Christian life as someone who is aware of the constant call of the Lord to follow him in every moment. Today in the first reading, we see how that breaks down. The goal of vocational awareness is obedient faith. And obedient faith, that word obedient, comes from the Latin word ob audire, which means to listen attentively, almost to eavesdrop. It means to heed every word, not to let one fall to the ground, to trust in that word, to try to put that word into practice. In today's first reading, Samuel went to King Saul and said, You have disobeyed the Lord. You haven't been aware of his call. He told you to do this. And Saul responds, which I think is a lie. I wasn't there. But they weren't supposed to take any spoils. They were supposed to be doing it for the Lord rather than gain. And Samuel has Saul say to him, I did indeed obey the Lord and fulfill the mission on which the Lord sent me. I brought back Agag, violation number one. But from the spoil, the men took sheep and oxen, the best of what had been banned, to sacrifice to the Lord their God in Gilgal. I think that they were taking it for themselves. But even if they were taking it to sacrifice to the Lord in Gilgal, that's specifically and absolutely opposite of what the Lord had said. And Samuel thought that he would be God in that circumstance and say, I'll disobey the Lord and I'll do things my way and God will even be happier. That's why at the end of this passage, Samuel says, the Lord doesn't delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice, but in obedience to his command and that he would be rejected as ruler. He would always be the Lord's anointed one. The Lord would always, in a sense, protect him. But his ruling would now be disavowed because he was no longer a man under obedience to God. As long as he had been a man under obedience to the Lord, the Lord would protect his rule. But once that obedience stopped, the Lord was not going to let Saul be God and rubber stamp whatever Saul did in disobedience. There's a lot that we can learn from this. The Lord gives us commandments. He gives us precepts. He gives us challenges in the faith. He gives us the Beatitudes. 
a lot of the times we can start to use our process of ratiocination and say, okay, I know that I'm breaking the word of the Lord, but my intentions are really good. Isn't the greatest commandment of the Lord to love? And I think this is an explanation of love, even though it's directly opposite of what the Lord has commanded for everybody to do. I'm going to break this because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord. You hear this a lot with those who want to violate the church's teachings in the realm of sexual morality. That they'll come up with the excuse that what they're really doing is obeying a higher law of God than the law that was actually given. We need to be aware that for the Lord to always be with us, we need to always be with him. Saul didn't, and that's why his reign eventually unraveled. The Lord will always be with us. He will never abandon us. But when we abandon his word, when we stop listening to him, it's then that we're driving in a dark, unknown territory without our GPS any longer. In the gospel today, we have another application of this vocational awareness. The Lord is always calling us to something new. He's never a God who's same old, same old. There is a constancy, there's a fidelity in the Lord, but there's always a freshness. The Lord's use of the word new over and over again is not new in comparison to something that has just been created out of nothing, but new in the sense of renewed, new in the sense of fresh, new in the sense of new and improved in a sense where there's connection, clear connection with the past, but there's something different about it and better. And the Lord, when he was asked that question about fasting, got to a much deeper thing of what he had come to bring. He wasn't just trying to take Pharisaical Judaism from a B-plus up to an A-plus. He was trying to give us a totally new way of life. There were going to be some points of contact, but there was going to be a new set of foundations, and we needed to be ready for that, and the Pharisees were not. So they were fasting because of Old Testament precepts. And Jesus didn't allow his disciples to fast, even though he had fasted 40 days in the desert, because the bridegroom was with them. And he wanted them to get ready for what the bridegroom was going to give them, and he needed to allow some of those old practices to wane so that when they would start those new practices again, they would be on those different foundations. He uses two powerful images, doubtless, that he got from his blessed mother. No one sews an unshrunken cloth on an old cloak because once that new cloth shrinks, having been washed, it'll rip the other. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins because once that new wine begins to ferment, it'll start to burst those old skins. What does that mean for us? The Lord is constantly trying to give us new wine. He's constantly trying to give us new graces as he speaks to us. But we need to hunger for that change. We need to ask the Lord constantly for those new wineskins. He wishes to do that a fortiori here at Mass. Whenever we come, as he pours in 
his precious body and blood into us. He wants us to receive it with an ever new receptivity that the Lord's going to change. This isn't just one more Holy Communion after yesterday's, after Saturday's, after Friday. This is supposed to be something that can totally change our life. And we need to fast often from our old habits that can form routines. There are certain routines that are good when we have a routine of prayer, but we should never allow our prayer to become routinized. There are certain good habits we have morally, which are, again, very helpful, but they should never become so routine that we lose the purpose of what we're doing in the communion with God and others that's meant to be done through these activities. One last thing from the gospel. Jesus says that they will fast when the bridegroom is no longer with them. Does that mean we never fast because Jesus promised that he would be with us until the end of time? No. We don't fast because the bridegroom is with us. We fast because the bridegroom is not. It's not because the bridegroom doesn't want to be with us. But in all of our lives, we have to face it. There are parts of us that are with the Lord, parts of us that are conscious of his call at every moment, and there are parts of us who basically fall asleep to the Lord's presence. There are parts of us that are deaf. There are parts of our life that we want to be our sole dominion. And it's for that reason why we have to fast. And we fast in order to stoke up a greater hunger, stoke up this greater seeking, as Jesus asked yesterday, what do you seek? And we fast in order to seek him, to fast from all those other things that sometimes take his place, including full stomachs. Today, as we come forward, we ask the Lord to give us that great hunger after our Eucharistic fast for him, which for us has lasted at least an hour, but for most of us probably has have lasted since last night. We ask him to stoke up that hunger for him, stoke up that hunger for the newness he wishes to pour into us today. Stoke in us that great desire not to be God's, but to actually obediently listen to his word and fulfill it today. Let it be done to us, O Lord, according to your word.